Hi there, and welcome to Nomadic Diaries. My name is Doreen Cumberford, and I am the host of Nomadic Diaries. We are the podcast that takes you from launching your international experience to landing well back home again. Uh, we speak to expats, digital nomads, repats, and communities in the globally mobile lane. We welcome your listening today, and this little mini podcast is on the subject of reflection and reunions. We are at the end of a month where we have um, done nomadic diaries, has been transformed into sporadic diaries, and I have been recording mini podcasts for the subject of the National Podcasters Posting Month. Chapter 15 on reflection, reunions, and lifestyle stitched together. We lived in the proximity of friends, colleagues, and neighbors within a company culture 24-7, all rubbing and polishing each other like a collection of sea glass in a jar. Unique shared experiences were constant and even now somewhat indescribable to others outside that sphere. We were a diverse, interconnected, and purposeful community created to discover natural resources and then deliver them to the globe. From the moment we arrived at the rough and tumble Dahran airport and were met by one of John's colleagues, until 15 years later when our neighbors across the street poured us into the taxi, waving us a gay goodbye for that final exit-only journey, we had the benefit of a loving, supportive, and tight-knit community. It was a lifestyle full of structure. Returning home after years overseas can feel like moving into a vacuum, almost that sense of circling space inside a spaceship, disconnected from normal life. Extraordinary experience are marvelous in the moment, but there is a lasting price to pay. Forever, there is the possibility that they set you apart in regular everyday life. Is it any wonder then that so many of us who've been abroad with Aramco spend time, money and attention on maintaining our Aramco family connections? Reunions of all sorts are planned around the globe from Austin, Texas to Karachi, Pakistan. In a recent survey, Aramco retirees expressed their desire for connection. The Arabic tradition of tribe was emphasized and lived out so well in the kingdom that we still consider ourselves part of another tribe, an Aramco tribe. We have moved to the far-flung corners of the globe, yet friendships flourish over decades and across continents. Structure is provided now through platforms like Facebook, the Aramco web expats website, and by the company's support of official reunions. A formal reunion event is called a Hafla reunion, is held in the US every two years and frequently in other countries. Official reunions have been held in Kingdom as discussed in earlier chapters. We were fortunate enough to return in 2015 for one of these. The event program led, read like a week-long party, which is exactly what Hafla means in Arabic. Trips were available to Sheba, a one million barrel a day oil and gas production facility, the most remote of its kind, deep in the Rub Akali desert, and to Medina and Salah, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. 
both on the company plane. Returning to touch the physical mystery of the desert made me feel as if my life back then was much more magical or mystical than life in the West. However, that was probably an illusion since the day in day out reality was not always full of novelty. Until 2019, entering the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia has been a privilege granted to a select few. Leaving the kingdom meant for almost everyone that they will never return to their once upon a time home. To re-enter and dis rediscover life there was like clambering through a keyhole in time, space and culture. I felt a sense of magic like Alice in the Looking Glass. The Saudi government has approved tourist visas so at long last people can return to the kingdom. The sense of isolation and separation from a childhood spent there or from decades of many lives lived there could now be healed. A guest once more. Entering the kingdom from Bahrain for the reunion meant driving across King Fahd Causeway. Getting fingerprinted at the immigration booth was another first as I had always just sailed through the booths with the Saudi visa intact in my passport. At the gate to the compound, we were met by a very organized Aramco reunion committee person who gave us our bags of swag, detailed programs and something to drink. It was a very dull overcast day in March with a bit of humidity in the air. The familiar compound seemed somehow flat and shabbier than I had remembered. A friend had offered her home as a residence and her husband, Rick, was the perfect host, lending us his older car and making our visit seamless. Yes, just as if we had never left. My heart was touched driving past our old homes. The first house on Nomad Trail was just as we had left it in 2008. But the second on Lime Tree Circle looked sad and dilapidated. The driveway, patios, and windows were encrusted with sand, and it looked like the lovely yard we had enjoyed hadn't seen a gardener in five years. A misshapen eucalyptus continued to hold fort, hold down the fort in the far corner, but I found very few promptings or memories of the green, grassy oasis that we called home for five years. Once more, we were reminded that it's the people in our lives who make the difference. My biggest joy was watching people's face light up when they saw us. Many wondered why they hadn't seen us around for a while. Well, it had been more than four years since we left. The commissary complex had been expanded and extended. While visiting the new supermarket, we ran into one of John's colleagues, someone he barely knew or remembered. John found himself enfolded in the arms of this huge Saudi fellow with the traditional kisses on both cheeks. He enjoyed so much individual, so many individual reunions with colleagues, both Western and Saudi. All joy-filled and boisterous moments with much backslapping. I was struck by the smiles of the Saudi people on this trip. While living there, I was conscious that these people had a natural reserve of pure spirited joy that rose up like a fountain when you interacted with them. This visit delivered even more smiles and a sense of their natural ease with life.
Benny had been our gardener and then our houseboy for about 12 years. During that period, we had watched him move from being a single guy with no car who had to hitchhike around the camp to a responsible husband and father of three children who all attended the private Indian school. His wife, who was a nurse, had applied to practice in the U.S. However, she failed her English test three times, so they contented themselves by living in Alcobar, building a family in a home as a houseboy and a professional nurse. Meeting Benny, catching up on his kids, his progress through life, and his delights was such a joy. My heart was full and overflowing with gratitude for the wonderful patient light that he had provided in our home all these years. We went out to the hobby farm and found our first horse, a flea-bitten grey Anglo-Arab with distinctive habits and mannerisms, Shebu. His name is based upon a funny Arabic cartoon about a quirk cartoon about a quirky old man. He stood quietly grazing in his stall. Everything seemed so normal with him. He was immediately interested in carrots and some grain from his food bin. He nuzzled up to both of us and as a bunch of cellular memories flooded my body with dopamine, I felt like I had finally arrived back home. Being around Shebu and the horses had always instigated an experience of well-being. I was aware of a great internal healing as I wrapped my arms around his neck and held him. We had purchased Shebu for Lindsay when she was in fourth grade. Fourteen years later, here he was. Three months after the reunion, Shebu passed away naturally. We believe he was by then between 23 and 26 years of age. That was a seminal moment for us, like a thread of love to an old life that had been cut. Our groom, Leakov, had become the senior statesman of the hobby farm. Although he was not a supervisor, he had many more years of experience under his belt, and it was delightful to see the difference. Maturity had settled on him like a comfortable blanket, and I realized how much I missed him and his calm wisdom. Sunil, the cook at the hobby farm, greeted us with a wide, cheerful grin and smiling eyes. And his memory of our favorite dishes was a treat for the heart. Miriam, a Saudi friend, recounted the tale of Saudi wedding season. She, her mother and her sisters were invited to so many weddings during May and June. They had to divide them up to attend 12 or 14 each. Miriam, of course, showed up with gifts for me and updates on the corporate goings-on and project management. We've connected since the reunion trip, and she has opened her second business in Alcobar, runs a household with three active children, and has been promoted several times within Aramco while completing her master's in the UAE. She reminded me how ambitious Saudi women are, and how they are able to juggle all this with support, usually a driver, a maid, and a husband. One evening, the company threw a welcome home party for the annuitants near Half Moon Bay at the Executive and Management Clubhouse. Tables were groaning with food, candles, and all the Saudi traditions were celebrated. We were greeted by about a dozen traditionally dressed swordsmen bearing the quintessential Saudi offerings in any home, Saudi coffee in tiny cups and dates. 
the traditional photograph holding a falcon was taken. A phalanx of retired and current vice presidents welcomed us in their pristine white thobes. Walking along the beach by the Gulf with traditional Arabic music in the background brought back such visceral memories. The price for such a musical, mystical, magical evening was a few speeches by management touting Aramco's progress. Change was visible, painful, sometimes even shocking. The golf shack had been made a small, cafe-like building. The new upgraded building was huge, light and airy, set on a hill overlooking the golf course and the airbase runway. Yet this great Mexican restaurant was missing tortilla trips for the salad that they served. People in the know showed up with their own chips. How normal, we thought. Construction equipment was operating on the perimeter road amid recently built new homes on the compound. With oil prices tumbling from 2013 onwards, Saudi Aramco was expanding into alternative ventures and accelerating personnel hiring after our departure. While the overall lifestyle was recognizable to us, individual parts were transforming before our eyes. Change occurs at the micro and the macro levels of places, and returning to a place we called home was both reassuring and challenging. We noticed the elements of life that had stayed the same, together with the parts that had changed dramatically. A changed perspective. Although it is now very natural and easy for me to feel at home almost anywhere, the commitment required to live in one place and to settle is clearly not something I have acquired. Home is never the ground, the soil, nor the habitat, except when I'm in Scotland. Being the other has become my natural habitat. Living in Saudi Arabia was transformational for me. While it taught me some of the toughest lessons, it also carried wonderful moments again and again. The end of the Arabian journey did not mean the end of life, since the metamorphosis after exit only has helped me become more active and to continue traveling and to live a more expansive and diverse life. A life I never would have dreamed of 30 years ago. The biggest discovery? I prefer and actually seek out the multicultural lane. Ideas and creativity naturally seem to percolate within a cross-cultured or interfaith community. I also identify with, and indeed I even long for, the grace that resides within the heart of diversity. Perhaps a strong dose of heart is required for all peoples to get along. The feeling of a mini United Nations living inside a corporate cultural bubble forever permeates my mind and my heart. Living in a state of wonder is not only useful, but necessary for a more adventurous life. Departure frequently presents itself as a closed door, but once we walk across that threshold, a new vista or vision is open to us. Other choices and possibilities come clearly into view. As foreigners, we were on display in a sense. This challenged us to be more graceful, more tolerant, and more positive, to rise to heights I previously could never have imagined. I believe the gift is in bottling these gifts, or golden nuggets, and effectively sharing them in the next journey. International living surely offers an exceptional opportunity to become culturally mindful and intelligent. 
What values would we practice if we set a solid intention to simply live in peace and walk each other home? In the meantime, we can walk with each other, witness each other's struggles and successes, and launch each other into new ways of being. Upon returning to twin in 2015, I reframed my time spent in Arabia. There is a saying, it's hard to see the picture when you are the frame. Forever I'm grateful for the pioneering spirit of the expatriate women who went first to Saudi Arabia. Those women who made greater sacrifices, faced greater adventures, and paved a path for us contemporary women. Blessed be and thanks to every single one of them. So that was my reflection and my contemplations at the end of the book, Life in the Camel Lane. And I do think it, that there is so much value in reflecting. And reflection is a very, very keen and necessary process. And as we take on these big goals and dreams and we move from country to country and we gather uh, experiences and cultural diversity and, and a greater sense of, of what the of how to create the world the way we'd like to see it. There are other steps beyond that. And so it's important to do the reflecting, but then it's important to take the next step after the reflection. So my last and final podcast in NAPAB promo will be on the subject of personal growth, reflecting, learning, and moving forward. Thank you for listening. If you would please uh, like, share, subscribe, or comment on the podcast, that would be so muchly appreciated. Thank you for your time. I would like to say Marsalama, Sayonara, and hasta luego. This is Doreen from Nomadic Diaries. <laughs>